0: With me, we're going to read through together Luke seven verses forty-one through thirty-three. A certain money lender had two debtors; one owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, "The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt." And he said to him. You have judged rightly. Luke seven, forty one through forty-three. You may be seated. Yeah. All right. You know it's funny, a couple weeks ago I actually preached on a different parable that was also about people owing money. It's funny how often Jesus is talking about money throughout the parables but also throughout all the gospels so anyways we've been going through as you can see by the way I do have the bracelet on just so you can see how pretty it is (laughs) yeah and uh, yeah so a lot of what we um, we've been going through are the parables we're doing just kind of like a a week by week study through all these different parables that were told through the gospels and there's many of them and uh, and this one the last one I did was two weeks ago. It's funny because God kind of ran me out of here. There was a storm coming, so Drew can let me know if there's another one coming. It looks a little dark back there, but I think it's supposed to hold off, so we'll, I'll, I'll pray about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, two weeks ago, I shared of the unmerciful servant, and that was uh, – many of you guys may remember it. Uh, it was one servant was forgiven a great debt that he owed and and then the the master forgave him, expecting that he would be go go and be forgiving to others and then he went and found another servant that owed him money as well, much less money, but he owed him money and uh and he wouldn't be merciful to that servant and uh and it was interesting but um but this week we're gonna look at this other one that's it's similar in a way, but what's unique about this parable is it's kind of sandwiched in the middle of a story or, or really a I mean, obviously, the whole Bible, is, it's a story, but but um, it's a, a, a setting that Jesus is in with uh, this Pharisee named Simon. And so uh, to give us a little more context, uh, it's super, super important that when we read our Bibles, we're not just reading one verse and saying, this is what I think that means. We need to understand, like, what's what's the context around it? What's after and before it? Um, and, uh, and what is the author trying to say? Because I can take whatever meaning I want. Just a little lesson about Bible study but um, it's super important that, that the meaning of what the text says is not what I think it means it's what the the author was meaning to the uh, the people he was writing to so uh, Luke is a doctor and he's sharing um, he's sharing with this man named Theophilus we don't know much about Theophilus but, uh, but he's sharing the story of Jesus and he, he talks about in the very beginning of the gospel how he he spent time researching um, about who Jesus was talking with eyewitnesses so that he could have an accurate account. Okay, so that's who's, who's writing it. And, uh, and we're catching up to Jesus, and he's meeting with this Pharisee. Now, he's just done a bunch of miracles. Um, he just uh, raised uh, a widow's son from the dead, um, and he also healed um, the servant of a, of a Roman soldier. Um, so he had just done some things, and he was stirring up, a lot of noise now people liked the stuff he was doing because he was serving and and loving um people um and so he was meeting a lot of physical needs well we all love to have our physical needs met i like i like to have food i like to not be injured um which i do a lot i get injured a lot but i you know i like to have my physical needs met and so everyone was like after jesus because he was meeting physical needs and but it was stirring up some heat amongst these religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, as they're known. And, uh, and so one of them invites him over, and they wanna, he wants to have a discussion. That's what he really wants. He wants to have a discussion with Jesus about some of these teachings because Jesus was a little different than the way they were teaching. Um, so uh, I'm going to just pick it up. It's in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, and I'm going to read all the way to 50, so, so buckle up. Um, what were, yeah, the ones on the front of your bulletin are right in the be- uh, in the middle, so um, that's 41 to 43, but I'm gonna go ahead and read it. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, Weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were really a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus, answering, said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender, ha- money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. Jesus said, you have judged rightly. So there's a couple things. I, I did this uh, two weeks ago. There's a couple things in this story that we just don't register. It's just not, it's not our culture, and they're different. And so I want to address a couple of those things. Um, the first one is it's fortunate because it actually used the same word um, two weeks ago, and the other one was uh, a denarii. What is a denarii? And so it's, a, it's an amount of money, um, but it means one day's wage for a laborer. Okay, so there's one, and that one's on your bulletin. That's in the uh, uh, in the I'm sorry, <laughs> in the <laughs> parable. Um, so it's a denari, an amount of money. Now, uh, when I did my research a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, let me just. I think it makes sense when I understand how much money it really was. Um, and a, like I said, a denari is one day's wage. Um, so uh, I did some research on a guy who basically tried to translate that into today's dollars. And he uh, he amassed it because they work a lot more hours. Um, the Jewish culture, they were working 12 hours a day, six days a week. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have it good in this country that a full-time job is 40 hours. They work 72 hours a week. Um, so uh, a laborer would make about $35,000 a year. $35,000 a year. So uh, the one that owed $50, dollars, which is 50 days of wages, a little, low, you know, a little less than two months. Uh, it's about six thousand dollars, so it's not a, you know, not a little amount of money to owe, um, but it's not like a crazy ton. And then the other one owed five hundred dinars, so five hundred days. It's getting closer to two years now. Um, that's about sixty thousand dollars. Okay, so that that just gives us some context to okay, how much money are we talking about? Um, the other one, uh, it talks about washing feet and and the way jesus kind of talks about it sounds like it's n- it should be normal um to some degree or maybe a hos- hospitality kind of thing that you would have your feet washed see in those days they walked around with sandals and they'd get dirt on their feet and all sorts of stuff and and so it was customary and it was a, a hospitality thing um, so like if i went to somebody's house um, i learned this this from marcus marcus is and their family are super hospitable um, but uh, whenever you go to someone's house, you want to uh, give them a drink, and that's something that's really hospitable, or their kids will show me around the house, and it makes me kind of feel like, when, you know, when they say, make yourself a home, but if I don't know the home, I'm just gonna sit and like on the couch that I see right there because I don't know anything else, so I can't really make myself a home, and, uh, and so that's, a, that's some examples, just like getting a drink or, or showing them around, that's kind of hospitality now. Back then, it was washing uh, their feet, and so uh, many owners of houses would either have a servant who would wash their feet or the master of that house would get down and wash their feet to show a sign of respect of hospitality. And so that's, that's what that's about. Uh, and that's the same with um, the, the kiss. I, he made it sound like that's, that's normal. That's not that normal here for us to just give each other a kiss. We, we usually give each other handshakes in this country. In some eastern countries, it's more normal to give a kiss on the cheek. I think in France they do that a lot. Um, they, they give the, the two kisses on the cheek or, or whatever, and that's just a sign. That's not, like, weird or anything. That might be weird here, but it's not weird for them. And so he addressed those two things. And, uh, and so I kind of just wanted to give some context about what that was um, because those are just different things. We just don't experience that here. Um, and when I go through uh, the Bible, I want to ask three questions. I, I ask, who is God? And so it's kind of this upward posture. Who is God upward? Okay, and then and then what has he done? And based on who he is and what he's done, that's going to change me inward. And so it, it, it answers the question, who am I? And so that's inward. So there's upward, who is God and what has he done? Inward, who am I because of that? And then outward, what do I do because of who I am? Because we all know that we, we don't act according to um, something unless we believe it. All of you guys are sitting down on benches that you wouldn't have sat down on unless you believed it could hold you. Otherwise, you'd be standing right now. And so, we're all acting on according according to what we believe. And so, um, so I want to ask those three questions. So, who is God? That's the first thing. We're going to look upward. Okay. So, uh, I'm learning a cu- I learned a couple things about who God was, and and since we know that Jesus was God, um, who is Jesus? What what am I learning about who God is based on? Jesus in this passage, the first thing I really learned was that uh sh- this this woman comes in who's a, who's known as a sinner and I like i we like to put labels on people nowadays that person's bad, that person's good. Well in that culture, that person was bad and the Pharisee was good okay and uh and one thing I'm learning is that it doesn't matter who you are. Jesus doesn't put labels on people. Doesn't matter how bad you are, how f- how long you've run from Him, how much you've rebelled, how heinous your sins are. All it takes is turning to God. And it's funny. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I'm like, okay, so like, if I'm like following God, and then like, okay, I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna run away from God now. It's like I feel like I'm leaving God behind, and it's like He's really He's way back there, but. But then I see her turn, and he's right there, and it, it it helps me to realize one thing is that is that God doesn't just stay stationary; He pursues us. Um, and, and and I learned that a couple years ago in my own life, where I was kind of straying away from the Lord, um, and and it was funny because it just hit me one day, and I just I just Turned and I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't run away from you anymore. And I and I turned and he was right there. And it was as if I was as close to him that day as I'd ever been in my life. And I, I get the, I even get the picture of the the father in um, in the prodigal son story, who's running to his son. God is pursuing us. Okay, so that's one thing I learn about about God is that uh, there's none of us are too far gone. Um, and then we know that from that story. Uh, but uh, also, he he doesn't just forget sin. I feel like because you know we all know for, for all have sinned and all, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Because we have all sinned, we can easily slip into the false assumption that because we've all sinned, that sin somehow becomes okay. It's like, well, you know, like you can't judge me because you are a sinner too. So, like, uh, and so you just kind of like it's like a like us rationalizing. Why it's okay to sin. Well, Jesus, in this, he, he admits that she is a sinner. He even admits later, he says all of her sin, which are many. All of her sins, which are many sins. He doesn't turn away from the, the sin in her life. And, and I feel like the more we try to rationalize the sin and just say, well, you, you can't judge me. I'm, I'm, you know, like you're just as sinner, as sinful as I am. Then, like, we're we're gonna miss the understanding that, like, like if I don't know that I'm a sinner, then I'm never gonna understand how much God loved me and and what it took for Him to go to the cross for me. You see, when Jesus died on the cross for us, it, it wasn't just like this abstract thing. It was that it was that I owed a debt because I sinned against God. And and in that unmerciful servant uh, parable I told two weeks ago. Um, there were two two amounts of money that were given. And the first one, the first servant that was forgiven, and this was the example of of a servant that was forgiven by his master, which would correlate to what we are forgiven for our sins. The servant owed $7 billion. And in fact, it would have taken that servant 200,000 years working nonstop and not paying any money to anybody else except paying it to the master for him to pay that money back. And what Jesus was telling me in that story was don't even try because the debt that you owe is so much greater than you can ever pay. And the, and the, the funny thing about th- that story was that that servant who owed $7 billion said, I'll repay it. He said, I'll repay it. Stop. We, we can't continue to try to pay God back because we'll never be able to. And if I don't understand, it, just like Jesus doesn't forget my sin and look away from it, he knows I'm a sinner, um, I can't look away from it too. I have to know that I've sinned against God and that there's wrath that God has against me for my sin. And it's funny that Jesus says this. Jesus says this before he goes to the cross and dies for her. But then he says, your faith has saved you because he knew that the faith that she had in him would be attributed to the fact that he died for her sin that she just did, that she had been committing her whole life and that's the only reason he said that your faith has saved you and it's funny because this story i think is a contrast of two people you see the sinful woman and you see this, the the self righteous pharisee um i love in uh proverbs twenty nine or verse chapter twenty nine verse twenty three Says, one's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. One thing I've learned in my Christian walk is that the people that I that are the most mature and most close to Jesus are also the people that understand that they're way more of a sinner than they ever thought they were once were. And it's as if I, I've I've done this illustration before, but it's as if a cone. I don't have a cone with me, but like when we first come to Christ. We, we understand that we're a sinner, so if that's the beginning of the cone. We understand we're down here, we're a sinner. Yeah, okay, there's a gap that needs to be bridged. God's holy, we can't get to him, and the cross bridges that. But what's funny is, is that the cross doesn't look that big when it's over here, when we first come to faith, because we don't really believe God's that holy, and I don't really believe I'm that sinful. But what's funny is, the more I mature and I see how holy God is, and he comes up here, I start to realize how sinful that I am, and the cross Gets bigger and bigger in my perspective. And so, this Pharisee who didn't believe that he was forgiven that much because he thought he was pretty good, he loves little. The parable says that if you, if you believe you're forgiven little, then you're going to love little. Now, the, the funny thing about that story is that that Pharisee needed just as much forgiveness as the sinful woman. And he's in the same boat. And we're all in the same boat. And I feel like in this country, if there's one person in this uh, in this parable that, that people from this country can really relate to, it's not the sinful woman, guys. We're the Pharisees most of the time. We don't believe we're that bad. We don't believe that we're really in that much need. I wake up every morning. I have a house over my head or a roof over my head. I have food to eat. I don't have to wonder. I don't really wake up and say God please give me some food otherwise I'll starve because I've already got it all set up I don't really feel like I'm that much in need maybe the people as Jesse was saying the people in Haiti they know that they're in need and so maybe it's easier (coughs) it's easier for them to really really trust in God and uh, we got to understand that we should all all of us should be humbled before god i get pictures of of the people who'd come before god in the bible they'd physically come before god and and like all of them they're like fallen on their face i am so unworthy and these are like the holiest people of the time the prophets you know i think of isaiah just fell on his face i think of moses this is a, a really cool uh, illustration i read in a book recently by edward t welch i forget exactly what it's called but um, but he talks about how Moses, when he comes into the presence of God before the burning bush, how many of you guys remember that he had to take his shoes off? Yes. <laughs> is it ri- Is it coming, Drew? What is it looking like up there? Is the radar is the radar saying it's hitting us? No. Are we good? Are we all good? Yeah. All right. Sweet. It's pretty though, isn't it? That's cool. I like that. Um, <laughs> but. But Moses, God said, don't come any closer. Take your shoes off for the ground that you are walking on is holy ground. And in this book, it talked about how uh, because of what Jesus did for us and he died for us, and God now sends the Holy Spirit, his presence to live in us, that now we ought to live our lives without our shoes on. Live our lives as though we're in the throne room of God and, and that the ground that we're walking on is holy ground. And uh, what would that look like for you and me? And so that's as I, as I look upward at who God is now. Now I'm going to look inward a little bit. And as we look inward, I kind of see this. What does this do to this woman? And this woman, was well; she was well aware of her need and the large debt that Jesus had paid and covered f- for her. She knew she was forgiven much, so she loved much. Simon wasn't all that aware of his need, and he wasn't all that aware that he owed a large debt cuz he thought he was pretty good and the pharisees were very very uh intentional about everything they would they would measure out grain they would they're basically be penny pinchers of of what they did and very scrupulous about that um that's that is really pretty that's cool that is really cool <laughs> so simon believed he was forgiven little so he loved little I want to ask us today, as I I conclude, are you aware of your need? Are you aware that without the saving blood of Jesus, that there is no hope for you? Zero. Zero hope. And that a life apart from Jesus will be eternally separated from God? Do you believe that there is anything that you can do that would save you apart from Jesus? Are you aware? Or do you believe that you're a pretty good person? I feel like I ask a lot of people whether, you know, it's like, do you believe you're a good person? A lot of people, most people in this country would say, pretty good person. I do some good stuff. I do, And they're measuring their worth based on their goodness. And those people that I come across that really, really know Jesus, and they really start to see, man, I'm not so good of a person. They start to say, you know what, I'm not that good, but Jesus is really good. The people who live their lives with their shoes off are the ones who are the most aware of Jesus' work and his presence and his forgiveness that they don't ever, it's, you know, I've I've heard it said humility isn't, it's not thinking um, less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less, you know, it's not that i'm just going to be like oh like i you know i just i'm so bad and like you, you meet people like that they're like oh i'm just the worst i do this and i do that i'm just terrible i know i'm so in need of god's grace but they spend all their time talking about them your your sinfulness shouldn't point to you it should point for you how are you doing at loving jesus and and what does that say about how much you believe that you're forgiven are you forgiven much so you love much and and i i don't want to be naive and and uh, you know i believe that there there's a vast (coughs) variety of people here in different walks of life and different seasons of faith or maybe not even faith at all but as i remind us today um of that first truth I, i I learned, wow, that is really cool. Just boom, it just went right away. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. That was really cool. I didn't get to see that. You guys were watching that. I hope you guys are still somewhat listening. But, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, our Jesus is just one turn away. He's pursuing us. It's not as though you're so far gone that you have to work. It's not like Jesus was left over there so, okay, I'm going to turn, but I got to like do all this stuff. I got to straighten up my life. I got to, you know, do X Y Z and then like once I get back to here he'll love me again. No. Don't even try. He's pursuing you. He's right behind you. It just takes one turn. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's just as true if you're the sinful woman in town or you're the Pharisee who thinks his his works are good enough, that he only needs to be forgiven a little bit. He needs just as much forgiveness. So if that's you today, if 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 that's a decision that you've never made to, first of all, if you've never made to to trust in Jesus to say, you know what, I'm done trying to do my own thing. I'm done trying to trust in my works to, to get me back before God and you just say, you know what, I just want to trust that, I want to trust that God's pursuing me and as soon as I turn, he's right there to forgive me of all my sins. If that's you today, come talk to me, Come ta- go talk to Drew um, in the back or, or somebody next to you, whatever, don't leave today being separated from God. It's, it's, it's the worst place you could ever be and, I, and that's the reason we show up here today. Don't leave doing that and maybe you're in a season of life that That you you know the Lord, but for whatever reason you find yourself wandering away from him. It's as simple as one turn. He's right there behind you. He's pursuing you. He who is forgiven much, loves much. Let's pray. Father, uh, we just, you are mighty and you are powerful. I mean, we even see that in in the the way that the clouds just moved and the rain just whizzed right by us, and how beautiful that was, Father. God, but these these things they all just point to you. So, what it, whether it's the it, whether it's the weather or the mountains or or the the winds or whatever's happening around us, Father, we pray that that all these things point to your majesty. Point to the fact that we are. We are sinful human beings that constantly rebel against you, but that's not to drag us down in the ditch. That's to make us aware of the saving presence of Jesus and the forgiveness that you offer for those who trust in him. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that there's nobody here who's too far gone. God, we pray that uh, today we would leave here knowing that we are forgiven so much more than we could ever think. And Father, that that would lead us to love you more than than we could have ever believed we could love another person. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you that you did the work before we do it. You did the work for us before we ever have to love you. So Father, we thank you for your grace for us. And uh, we just pray for the rest of today. Um, we pray for those hearts uh, who uh, who want to trust in you for the first time today. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan.